0: I want to discuss <coughs> <coughs> for a few minutes. I'd like to discuss Nada Vavil. Youngsters, youngsters learn Chumash, and unfortunately, some people don't update their understanding of the and they keep a very childish view of the Torah and they relate to Torah. It's not unfortunate that they have the childish view because that view we should have. We should contain in us a a six-year-old view. We were taught when we were six and there's a completely healthy and true six-year-old view that, by the way, should remain a part of you forever but you should also have an 18-year-old view and a 30-year-old view. But the 6-year-old view was precious and true and valuable, but it's sad if a person doesn't learn the Torah and gain an 18-year-old view. Now, youngsters learn the Torah, and they hear about tragedies that happened. There were some tragedies, a lot of celebration, and a lot of tragedies in the Midbar in the desert, when our nation was forming. And they hear about figures who were Kairach as an instant. And Kairach was a Russia. Kairach was a Russia who's called by Chazal a Russia. They hear about Nadavaviyu, two of Aaron's children who were Nifter, and by some youngsters like Kairach. And the the Rebbe speaks, the Aver of of Nadavaviyu, the Kairach sin, Nadavaviyu sin. Nadevaviyu were two giants from the greats of the, in the history of our people, from the greatest people who have ever stepped foot on this earth, were Nadevaviyu, <laughs> two tzaddikim, tremendous, tremendous tzaddikim. And Nadevaviyu, these two Halaga tzaddikim were nifter at the heart of a celebration. If you're talking about an event that was marred, There was a tremendous celebration of our Beis HaMikdash, of the Mizbeach, of the Chanukah Sabayas of the Mishkan. We had been zeiched to a Mishkan, a place for Ashra, Ashrina, that Hashem will live openly in our midst. A place that it will be easy to feel Hashem's presence. A tremendous hug and a kiss for Klal Yisrael. We were given a Mishkan, a place a Yid can walk into if his Amunah ever is weak. And feel Hashem's presence, an incredible, careless Hashem called Mishkan. And at the height of the celebration for this new, precious place, two beloved Sadiqim, the likes of which our nation, Kemat, has never seen, two Hailigat Sadiqim, this is not like my theories, Myshur Rabbeinu says that they, in some way, says to Aaron Akkai, and Nadav and Avi were bigger than us. Two tremendous, tremendous tzaddikim were nifta. And, and obviously the celebration is greatly marred. And then the question begs. We're, we're coming off the most recent yantav, a yantav, a chag of sukkus. And a chag of sukkus, we know if it rains on sukkus, is a terrible rejection. It rains on sukkus, Hashem. We get sad, you don't want our mitzvah Hashem. The, the Mishnah describes like an Evid, who the rabbi, the Evid, brings his master a glass of water, and the master throws the water back at the Evid, a tremendous rejection. And at the high, Klaus Yisrael celebrating our closeness to Hashem, and two Yidin who are the, the, everything we aspire to be, two precious Yidin who are Tzaddik and Mamish the biggest tzaddikim, who represent everything that's pure in our nation, both pass away tragically. And there may be a sense of rejection, of this is not wanted, of some rejection. And yet historically, it's not that way. Historically, there are two words Maishu Rabbeinu tells Aaron. He says, (laughs) Through those that are close to me, I bring holiness. This is no rejection here, Maishu Rabbeinu says, to Aaron Akain who just lost his two children. And he says that two and forever we as a nation, we study, not we study Aaron Akain, Aaron Akain's response to the death of his sons, Aaron, a response of faith, a response that forever inspires our nation, not of death, two tzaddikim, two holy people. Their very idealism is impressive. We, their sin is very subtle, difficult to find. Nothing exact. Something very subtle and two holy people on Madragas, tremendous Madragus. There was an einish. There was punishment. Hashem loves them. There's eternal reward for both of them. And their sin, in some way, in the Beis HaMikdash, the service of Hashem, every person aspires to serve Hashem. And there was a very big exactness of how to serve Hashem. And Nadav Aviyu, in an excitement, ran in, in a way, Asher Visi. they did, in their great want and drive and idealism, they ran in the Beis Hamikdash in excitement, and they did holy things that all our nations inspired by their drive for kedusha. And yet, in some way, there was some sin. Asher they did something that wasn't the prescribed way Hashem wanted, and they, 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 they and Hashem took them, took them mm-hmm. back, and they're in shemayim an internal reward. Mm-hmm. And we're inspired by their drive for Hashem. And we're lesson learned about following the prescribed order that Hashem wants. But the, they're both their patira was Bikrei Vayekadish. Both of them, it is said by Moshe, those that are close to Hashem, Ekadish. They've been a source of holiness. They've been a source of closeness to Hashem. Their Patira caused more service of Hashem. Bikrei Vayekadish. 11 years ago, two guys who represent everything that's special about the yeshiva. There are people here, right? Wisniki was here, Yol was here, Chaim Tzvi, Rebbeim were here, Bachum were here. And there's zero exaggeration. After somebody's nifter, people exaggerate, mindless, and things. is of no comfort to anybody who cares. And they were two human beings special, but they represented everything that was precious about the yeshiva. They were like the guy, each one in their habura. My son asked me by their patira that night, he said, who's going to strengthen the class? They, Each one in their habura was the one everybody would have run to. They represented everything precious in the yeshiva. Eli was the leader of the yeshiva. I would say unquestioned. He was the guy, he was he was learning growing developing sharum to rebayim everything that's precious here he was he was that guy and dani was that guy in his chabur a year a year younger and both just popular connected focused soaking up the values of yeshiva from every aspect the siyumim at the end of the year, you could see who gets the yeshiva. And they, at every siyum, they was front and center, dancing, celebrating. The Messiah, whoever he was, wanted them in the middle with him. And they wanted to encourage him. They were extreme parts of the yeshiva, connected, absorbed from each rebbe. Dani was probably from the closest Talmidim Ray ever had, maybe ever has had, perhaps. Close to the rabbi and mamish. And then there's Hashem who Mishbate Taheim Rabbah. We don't know all that we know Hashem loves us, but as Khashbainas, we have limited intelligence, limited knowledge. And Hashem eleven years ago took away on the way to Yesheva, on the way to their place, Hashem took away two precious two precious guys. He took Eli Shomran, Eliyahu, Ben and Mordechai Alevi, and Danny King, Daniel Faivish and Yitzlak Yaakov, and Hashem took away two precious lishams. And I want to just say that I can't think of more two words that apply to this that happened to us. I could say that what happened, there was change and everybody was in Yesheva in a real and profound way. In the Baruchim that were there, there was a change, lataiv these two precious and growing people who were plugged in to Torah, to Yerusha who were plugged in. And I could say in their patira that there was change. There was change in individuals. Every single... It's hard to find a guy in Yeshiva who didn't... Who didn't in those... In that time, there was a sense. It's hard to explain. There was a sense of holiness in Yeshiva. We felt, we felt Hashem visited, there was there was a revolution of growth that went on over the next many, many months in healthy ways. For anybody not, there wasn't guilt, it wasn't like turned into production in some like guilt ridden way, zero, zero. There was a holiness in yeshiva, there was a unity, there was prayer, there was comfort, there was... There was a tremendous, tremendous Kiddush in Yeshiva. I don't know in my life a time I felt more holiness. And we were there were guys in hospitals, we were going around to hospitals in the dorm, it was a holy place. It was Kadesh Kadash. The words Bikraj Kadesh and individuals changed and as the Yeshiva we changed. The yeshiva ran different after. The yeshiva was nifter with them. The yeshiva died. There was no yeshiva after Eli and Donnie was nifter. Waterbury became battle. There's no such thing anymore. There's no such thing as the yeshiva. It mattered individuals. It changed the whole history of the yeshiva. Beforehand, we were like building a yeshiva. What we learned from the patira of these two is of these two precious is the importance of every individual not to be replaced. Nobody's replaced. There's not an institution. they are people. they are people. And the yeshiva as an institution died and people were given birth to. There were people. There were individuals. And the yeshiva changed in a very, very serious way after the Patira of Dani and Eli. It's something that we're gathered today 11 years later. There are many guys who didn't know them, but something happened to your yeshiva. This was a gzera to the yeshiva. You can't... You, to give over what happened, they were the guys, it can't be Eli and Dani when If they're. it's not possible. It's not possible. It's impossible. I could tell you I haven't said it over so graphically, but I do I'm going to say over that I went to identify and saw them on the floor. And I couldn't recognize I was close like crazy to both. I said to the police officer, looking at their precious, looking at these two precious, I don't know who they are. I don't, and they looked like Ellie and Donnie. And I wasn't pretending. I couldn't tell who they were. Because it couldn't be that it was them. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. I only knew it was them from their tefillin, which had its own form of change. But it couldn't be them. It couldn't be them. I, the, the police just tell me who it is. I don't know who it is. I, don't know it is. I didn't know who it was. I did, it couldn't be. It couldn't be to understand the xayra to a yeshiva when two guys who are the yeshiva, who represent everything precious in the yeshiva, tremendous, tremendous clap. And certainly one could have seen it as a rejection. If the water, if it rains on Sukkot, one could have seen this as a rejection. But with the luxury of 11 years of look back, and I don't even know the answer. If somebody could tell me in Chomish, Mishra responded to Aaron Bikrei Vaya Maybe it's a rejection. I can't think of a bigger rejection. not Rejection. I don't know how knew. I don't know how Moshe Rabbeinu knew. If it rains on Sukkot, it's a rejection. And at such a mind, so it's not a rejection. This should have been seen. I don't even understand it. I ask. I don't know how Moshe knew. And I don't know how we... The Bachram, all of us knew. We, did, we sensed it wasn't a rejection. I don't know how we knew. I'm not sure. But 11 years later, it's Bichenas Bikreva Ya A Bichena of Bikreva, people that were special, people that were sincere, and they changed the yeshiva. They changed the yeshiva, they changed the Bachram who were there then, and they changed the yeshiva to a different place because of Eli and Dani, because they were here, because they existed here, <coughs> what they brought in yeshiva, it's a different place. I often worry, we have so many, the product of the yeshiva is gorgeous, is, is wild, and the world sees it, my wife and I have no room to breathe, because the whole world wants you as a shidduch. People are coming day and night, the calls, the people want to come to the house, it's, It's a full-time job for itself. We're meeting people. We started instead of to the house. It takes a long time, so we're doing it over the phone. And we're meeting people constantly, streams of people, because they want a Waterbury guy. They're girls, smart families. They want and they see something. They're smart and right, a developed, an honesty, a willingness to face... to face to panemius, to face inner things and develop and grow and they're seeing something that's attracting them. And the product comes, a product that's a shalim, the word shlamus, whole every area, tire what the tire says, a shlamus, a shlamus that's that's there that anybody can see. And I worry sometimes that in the process when a guy is young and struggling. And working through something, so there's a beauty, there's a humility to struggle. There's a humbleness, we're very human. We're human, there's a humility to struggle. And as somebody's having more and more success, I worry about forgetting about the humility of struggle. I worry about, I I have seen, I have seen people from out and have no patience for somebody struggling. I've seen it. I worked for a year in a yeshiva, a precious place, and I observed a guy would become stark, and four minutes later, he'd have no patience for somebody struggling. It was like bizarre. You're almost like, do you have, do you, does your brain, do you not remember what happened? Did somebody sprinkle like dust over you Have a memory charm and you forgot your past? Four minutes ago, what's wrong with you? But somehow in success, intoxication of success, the arrogance it can produce, you forget about the beauty of humility, of struggle. And it's something we need all our lives, all our lives to work through, to not be afraid to be human, to not be afraid to have struggle and difficulty. And in success, I wonder and worry that a guy will forget about humility, forget the beauty of struggle, that we're human. and There may be an age you could look less struggle, it could be more subtle so others won't notice but you're not struggling anymore. That's tragic. It probably means you're not alive. And I want to say here that two of our friends, there's so many aspects to the tsar that was and is, but there was a tremendous aspect we were so in the middle. We were smack dab in the middle of something. It's so frustrating to be stopped in the middle. I remember, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something interesting. We had a football league back in Yeshiva. Back in the day when we were in Waterbury. And we had no fields. So our football field was on the local park. And we had a very good league. Yitz Rubowski run it professionally. The guys here who were in the football league. We had a football. Like we do have, we'll have this year, a good football league. And I remember in the middle of one game, in the middle of one game, we're on the court, we're on the field, and these it was late in the season, it was already after Pesach. And the little leaguers came and they had a permit at the park, okay. Guys out, we have a permit on the park. And we were chucked out in the middle of a game. It was such a disgrace to our whole league. We're in the middle of a game and we were chucked out. And we've pried a good, solid, it was so disgraceful. You're like, you're so, uh, and you consider yourself a real league. Me and Yitzhabovsky decided it can't happen again. It's so embarrassing. I mean, we searched the entire city for a field that will never get kicked out of I looked, I, I drove up and down the city, but it can't be a park. We Mammish found an empty grass field, punk that, was, punk that was near Blue Ridge, in that park on, what's the name of the street, Rabbi Russ? Waterville Park, an empty grass field that nobody, it's not a baseball field, nobody uses, and that became, for, for six years, it was the Waterbury Football League, Mamish, the day we left, we moved here, they, the government built a park on the spot. The day, Shem loves this yeshiva, we've seen it over and over. The day, Mamish, like you told them, they started construction days later. We didn't need it anymore. They built the park on it. It doesn't exist. There's a park on it right now, a child's park. But that was our football field. But what we needed, what was the need? We needed a field that you can't get kicked out in the middle of the game. You are in the middle of a game if you're a football... We used to, before we had the gym here, we used to play basketball in the Y. And we had the Y till 11 o'clock rented. You know how much money I spent that our games shouldn't be stopped in the middle? You know how many times I gave the guy 20, 40, and even $100? The guy would say, okay, game's over. It was like overtime of a DBL game. It wasn't called DBL. It was overtime of a game. You know the disgrace to stop in the middle? Our league is serious. Our league is serious. You don't stop us in the middle. I spent hundreds of dollars, hundreds, my own money. I spent, Baruch Hashem, I'm rich, and I spent hundreds of dollars over the years, maybe, maybe in the thousands, that we shouldn't stop in the middle. I would bribe these guys. They'd come to the gym, 20, 40, 60, 100, the game's going on. Double overtime was very expensive. But you can't stop in the middle. It slugs up your whole league. You're in the middle of a game. Chesed Hashem. Here we've never, we haven't been stopped in middle. We have our own gym. Chesed Hashem. In middle is so frustrating. You're in middle. It's what you're not What it's not valued. What you're doing to stop in middle. And one of the Tsar, we were so in middle. We were mamish in the middle of sogies. We were right in the middle of sogies. There were places, and we were getting somewhere. And the abrupt stopping in the middle with Ellie and Danny was very is and remains a complicated part of all the different pains, the stopping in the middle exists. But I wanna th- I wanna say with the context of time, eleven years later, that there's something precious that Ellie is always represents, and Danny always represents a struggle to grow and a process of growth, forever they're that picture to us of somebody, the beauty, the gorgeous, gorgeous accomplishment of taking real things on, figuring out, fighting for something precious, and forever they're frozen there. They're forever, forever they're still doing it. They're still right there struggling. It, at that place, there's, there's, there's something important to that as well. There's something important with the context of time to that process of growth there's something very, very important. <laughs> Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, when he started his yeshiva, wanted Bachar to dress in a certain way. He wanted it to be prestigious and dignified to be a ben both Ellie and Danny, to me, represent the prestige, the dignity. The dignity of steiging, the dignity of growth. They were proud of the yeshiva. They took it personally. Ellie met with me at the end of the summer. At the end of the summer, he was in Heller. We walked for about two, three hours. We took a long, long walk, between two and three hours. And he was discussing things he wanted in yeshiva, direction. And <coughs> he was speaking most of the time. And he was discussing things he wanted. He was a leader in yeshiva, what he felt, how he, he had a tremendous care, as both of them had a care for the yeshiva and a pride in what the yeshiva was, a pride in stagging and growth. There was a tremendous, tremendous dignity. I wanted this year the topic that should be an eloi for both their precious neshamas. Any, any inspiration, any Torah learned, any idea shared should be an eloi for both their precious neshamas. And I wanted the topic this year to be about prayer, to be about david. <laughs> I said over the story that's, that I said over in the past, I, I mentioned it. it's no secret the story, but I said it this year, I felt Ramati, Eli Shomran's father, was Nifter this year. And I want this to be as well as his precious Neshama, he was a good friend of mine. And Ramati had a story with Ellie, and because Ramati was left this year, it's a story that guys here know, but we did not focus on this week. We've been focused on this story. And, and I want this year the topic to be <coughs> prayer, respect for prayer. I want to increase, but I want practically that we have more covet of our davening. During prayer, I want more quiet during prayer. I think we should show greater respect to prayer. I want to create a greater connection to prayer, to precious prayer. And I asked some guys, will go around to share some thoughts about davening, about prayer. <coughs> but the story was that I've said this week, Ramati called me up. Ramati Shomran called me up a while after Eli was lifter, And he asked me, do the Chazanim and Yeshiva wear the talis over their head? A strange phone call. They said, do the guys who daven for the Ahmed do they wear the talus over their head? So, it's an interesting question. And if you know the yeshiva, the minig of the yeshiva is the chazan. And this week, we started insisting, and I asked, for this year, I'm asking that all, anybody davens for the Ahmed from the bima, married or single alike, to take the talus and put it over your head. Anybody, davens on min chameriv, the talis over the head. And the minig of the yeshiva, and Rai Obolam, we used to insist on it, and the chazanim, always daven with the talus over the head, that's how we did it in the yeshiva. So he asked me to the yeshiva, to the chazanim, so I said, it's interesting, the minute i in Berlin, even a bachar davens, talus is over his head, yes, that's the minute. And I asked Reb Mati, why are you asking me that? Funny question. So he said to me, now if you understand, Reb Mati was a very honest, blunt kind of guy. He wasn't superstitious. He was the last guy who would believe in some weird story. He said, I'm asking you, because Eli came to me in a dream last night. And this is the only dream he's had in his life that he felt was, wasn't a dream. It was just Eli came to him. And Eli told him that they allowed him in Shemayim to share with Reb Mati that he liked the davenings in Yeshiva. And he shared with his father that they let him come to the davenings in Yeshiva. That he comes to Shachar. He comes to the davenings. He had come to shachar in Yeshiva. And he continues to come davening. Advarim shoot him, that what you do is netzhiyavada. So they, he told his father, that he comes. So he said to his father, and you're going to question me, how do I know this is true? So he said, Ask Kalish, that I'll tell you a semen, Ladavra, that this is not made up, that you know I'm here. A semen is the chazanim with the talus over their head. You know nothing about this custom. It's not a custom when kids talk about. It. So he said, Ask Kalish if it's true, then you know it's true what I'm telling you. So that's why he called me to ask me. But I wanted to, I wanted to say, Ellie appreciated a lot the davenings in the yeshiva. He appreciated the tefillas. He was plugged into in the tefillas of yeshiva. There's a sincerity that always has existed here in the prayers of the yeshiva. Sincerity, by way of not forcing it. That it's not just it's not the force of the yeshiva. It's, there's no guns to come to prayer, and people come to it and decide to become daveners. There's a beauty to the prayer in the yeshiva. But I wanted this year to make a chesuk, to make a tremendous improvement in the prayers, so I'm gonna ask a few guys to speak. I'm gonna ask a few guys to speak. I wanna we always sing Alze on, on the yard side of El Danny, we'll sing Alze and then I'll ask around a few guys to speak. We have some songs for the Khevra. But Ari, if you could start Alze, and then we'll ask a few guys to speak. <laughs> to start. The topic today is about prayer, and we want to practically be mechazic. that there should be an appreciation, a sensitivity and appreciation for davening, for the prayers. People should have respect for davening, for prayer. I'm going to ask Daniel Tesla, who's come to the yeshiva and been an inspiration of sweetness and just somebody, a classy person, who I think has what to share. This is Daniel here. Daniel. Um, the pasuk in
1: Shir Shirim says, "Nasi b'chag behasela, sisa hamadriga, harini asmarayech, uh, hashini aspeleich, ypelech arid umar nava." All just a simple translation of the words is, "Is my dove when you're in the when you're find yourself in the cracks of the rocks or in like, the, like these holes, these tight holes, to make faces." I want to see your, your prayerful image, the image of you praying, and I want to, I want to hear your vo- your sweet voice because your voice is sweet and the image of you praying is, is beautiful. Um, <clears throat> and Rashi says that, that we're talking about this dove who, who has been chased, he's being chased by an animal, to, an animal was attacking it, so it, it fled into this hole. And on the opposite, on the inner, um, inside the hole, there was a snake. There was a, another animal trying to attack it. So it was really, it was a, in a position where it was, to, it was totally stuck. And it was incapable of doing anything. In that position, Akarnas Barak was telling, saying to the dove, that's where I want, I want to hear your voice in that situation. I'm going to put you in that situation because I, I want to hear your voice. It's, it's referring to the Rashi. also says it's referring to Kali Yisrael when, when we went out of Mitzrayim. We, when, we went, we, when we were by the sea, when we were by the Yamsof, there were the, the Mitzriam on one side and the sea was on the other side and we were totally stuck. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying, my dove, referring to us, my dove, I'm, I'm putting you in this position. Why did I put you in such a tight, awful position? It's because I wanted to hear your voice. And the Medrash brings down a, a marshal to a king who had a, a basichida. He had a, an only daughter. And the daughter seemed to be ignoring him. The daughter didn't, wasn't speaking to him. And the king said, and the king was Misava, the Lushan of the Medrash, the king was Misava, desired. He just wanted his daughter to speak to him, and, and she wasn't speaking to him. And so what he did was he, 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 he set this, like he hired people to just pretend that, that they were attacking her so that she'd have to cry out for help. And that was the only way he was able to start his relationship with, with his daughter, because otherwise she was, she was ignoring him. Um. So, what it's trying to teach is that sometimes Hakadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us in in hard situations where we're we, we're stuck, and we find hard. But really, what he's doing is he's trying to push us towards him because oftentimes we 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 ignore Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We don't we don't speak to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and he just wants us to. He's misav the says He he really wants us to speak to him. And that legend of the medrash is is he's misaver hasan I think sicha. It's a question of just, just talking, just, just to build the relationship. He just, he just wants us to speak to him. Nothing. He doesn't want your shout in the rash, but necessarily, he just, just wants to build a relationship with you. It's like I always, I was thinking that it's like, you know, sometimes you feel like you have, um, you want someone to pay attention to you, whether it be a friend or you know, a relative, and like they're just like sometimes they're just not. You know, they just keep ignoring you, and you're just like, oh, I just want that, or like, I just want that relationship with you. Um, and I think that's that, like an analogy to maybe a Kodesh Baruch He's like, I, I just want that relationship to, with you. And the only way he sometimes sees that it could happen is by putting you in difficult situations. Um, so um, I think just to take out of this that, that Hashem wants us, to, wants us to speak to him and to use our difficult situations to get closer to Kodesh Baruch <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. I want to Dani and Eli's it, it changed when the yard site was it has to do with the Kfura when the Kfura was, when the Misa was one of their Kfuras was after Shkia and the first year when the yard site is, Lomay said their yard site today is a day off from Rachli Mainu's yard site the first year it was the same day, one of them was the same day, but Lomay said it's a day off, the yard site's a day off from Rachli yard site, their yard site Dani and Ellie's yard site is tonight I'm not going to be here. It's tonight and tomorrow. And Rachel Menu's yard site is Lael Shabb- is, is Shabbos and Shabbos Kedosh is Rachel Menu's yard side. The song called Barama Nishma was something we were both comforted by and we feeling a lot. <laughs> Rachel Menu's crying for her children. Rachel Menu, the mama who cares for the plight of her children, that Rachel's crying for her children and the power of Rachel Menu's tears. Rachel Menu was so selfless and the power of her tears that in some ways is greater power than Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Than the other is the power that Chazal teaches of the tears. So the song called the Ramah became a very big khizuk And that year we were singing it a lot. Ari, if you could start that
2: song. <laughs> you have held me back, oh,
3: Say that, that we're here in some sense part of it. Like there's there's a misconception about tefillah that you're that that all it is is asking for things that you need. Um, and when we were talking about having this discussion, we were talking about that tefillah is so much more, and how sometimes we can sell something that doesn't necessarily satisfy us, and that's why it tends to get sometimes overlooked. And and I was having trouble with that because my Probably just because I've, I've been here for so long, my, my relationship to tefillah—it's almost has almost very little to do with asking for things. I think there's a couple of things that that I've found that tefillah has in it. So I guess I'll just talk about it a little bit. Um, if anyone's ever had that, the experience of speaking to speaking to a Rebbe or speaking to a friend, and there's something that that you're feeling, something on your mind, you're experiencing something, and you want to share it with that person, and sometimes you say it, but you don't feel that you that you've said it right. And the person's there, trying to understand, and, and they're they're with you. But you, let me say it again, because I need I need I need to express how I'm feeling to I you. I need you to I need you to really understand what it is that I'm feeling right now. And sometimes when you don't get it, or even if you feel you've said it, but you don't feel that the person really, really is with you, really feels what you're saying, it's a very not satisfying experience. It's something that's very painful about that and I think I think what's going on I, I've heard people I've heard people translate the word love as being seen understood and accepted and I think there's a lot of truth to it I and mean, there's a lot of truth to it, and I think that's that's part of why it's so important to be able to articulate how you feel because you can only be understood kafi, yeah. how much you articulate something and I think that's why it's so painful when someone doesn't understand, because you're not seeing every part of me. You, one could argue that there's a, there's a level of love that's deeper than acceptance. I don't have to understand. I don't know if I'd agree. I don't know if you can experience love when you when you don't feel understood. I don't know if you can experience it the same way. But there's something that's very important about articulating how you feel and 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 and. Being understood and being seen where you are as you are in with, with your entirety, and I think that's a huge part of tefillah. Tefillah, as as we've <coughs> been saying, obviously you're building you're building a relationship with somebody, you're building a relationship with Hashem, and it's so important to keep up that 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 dialogue because you can you can you can find yourself. Sometimes I find myself saying like, <coughs> Hashem knows anyway, He knows, and He does know what I feel, and that's why it's so satisfying when you express it fully because He does get it. He gets you to, to, to the most minute part of you, of you. But to go through that experience of I want you to understand, I want you to know how I am, I want you to know what I'm feeling, I, that you could say that's pshad and but but every part of me I want you to understand and, and that sense that Hashem feels it and understands it is, is, is very, very, very satisfying and, and that's something that brings me very, very close. It's one one aspect of it just important to articulate how you feel, and that's the same in all, in all relationships. It's just like any other relationship. Another thing that I think that I find in tefillah, which, which I, I find, and, and this is something that... Let me say it like this. I find when I feel kir vashashem, and I feel like I'm in a good zone, and I'm doing, I'm doing well, and I feel close and connected, I feel that tefillah is very easy. I feel that it's very... It's, of course, I, I'm, I'm chilling with my best friend, And I find that when I'm not, there's something that's very, very hard about it. There's something that's very uncomfortable about tefillah, when I don't feel that I'm connected to my Ruchni as well. I don't feel I'm connected to what I'm doing. Something that's very uncomfortable about it. And I was trying to understand what that is. I think that part of it is that if you read the words of tefillah, and if you've been connected to them, (coughs) tefillah puts you in a room with your deepest with silence. At the core of your being, what, what do I need to survive? What do I want? What am I craving? What am I dying for? That's, that's what tefillah is. And that's, that's, tefillah puts you in a room with those things. And sometimes it's not comfortable to be in a room and be reminded of how deeply I care about waking up in the morning for chakras, or how deeply I want to connect to this friend, or how deeply I want to connect to a piece of gemara, or with whatever, whatever the area is. And then you're saying psach, remember Sarah but right now I can't I can't be with those I can't be that version of myself at all times and there's something very uncomfortable about it. But I think what it does is it forces you to be there It forces you to reconcile. It doesn't allow it doesn't allow you to forget about your deepest desires. And I think that's important. I think that's maybe maybe just another idea. People always in davening have
0: questions. Can I daven? If I want my team to win. Can you daven the Knicks should win? Could you daven that the Knicks should win? If people always, the, the Wolfpack are playing their first game tonight. And I always like, you have this thing. I want to daven. The guys should win. Hashem, let the guys win. Then it starts like, and that question, could I daven the Yankees should win, could I daven for that, creates questions, what you said, to what do I really want. When I asked, should the Wolfpack win, I said, one second, they can win, and all guys' esteem is bad, and they don't, what I really want is the guys to feel like winners. We could lose and have the best season in the world, that guys, groups. what I real. It makes it brings into all prayer and questions. When guys have these questions, could I daven that my league team wins, that the Yankees win? It's all I know is that's the best question. That question is davening itself. Mm-hmm. That's not a question about prayer. That's prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer produces that question. What do I? What well, you could daven for anything. You could daven your league team, of course. It, but prayer produces all those questions. What do I? If I daven, the Wolfpack should win. Let's say they win and everybody feels not geschmack. So the, the, it questions, what do I want? What am I saying I want? The Mets should win. I want to feel good. Let's say the Mets win and I feel lousy. So the, I wasn't. I don't care about the Mets. I care about me. So let's say that they win and I don't feel better. So mm-hmm. it, it brings stark. What is it I'm craving? What do I want? It brings out. Mm-hmm. So but are you describe prayer bringing out your deepest wants? Pilel, the word lehispalel means to self-judge. That's funny that prayer is called to self-judge. It's fascinating. If it brings out what I want deepest, then prayer might be a self-judgment in a very, very real way. Mm-hmm. Pilel means lehispalel. Pilel means to judge oneself. That's the translation. One of the translations of prayer is to self-judge. I'm judging myself. If I'm deciding my deepest wants, then maybe we understand why prayer is called Pila. I'm going to ask Akivala to share with the island and then we'll do a song for the Heber.
4: I want to share an approach to tefillah that has really worked for me, inspires me, and to even say that when I'm davening, I even feel satisfied when I'm davening like a very satisfied feeling. So my question basically is is that we say throughout throughout the day we say a lot of we say a lot of praises to Hashem. Throughout Tefillah, we say a lot of praises. In Shemunasra there's three parts there's praising, asking and thanking and in all those three parts we're still praising. At the end of every bracha we're praising. So what's this praising all about? Is it to boost Hashem's ego? I do to boost Hashem's ego, I don't think so. It's not I think he's good for Hashem. All's good by him. So what's the point? So an idea I mainly learned from Rav Miller is that it's a really it's a, it's a learning experience. We're coming to build our awareness of Hashem. Coming to build and develop our awareness of Hashem. So for example, when we uh, say Hashem, B'shuvah, to come to realize that not, he's not coming, he's not allowing us, he's not allowing us to return. It's not like you know, okay, I'm going to allow you to return. You're, you're back in. It's not the case. He wants us back. So it tells us a little bit of our relationship, how our relationship with Hashem is. Like, what's it about? He wants us back. He wants that relationship. Or words like, which, which again, we have to realize is coming to teach us about Hashem. We're coming to learn about Hashem. That is, that is, kindness is eternal. It's forever. And that's an extremely exhilarating feeling to realize that Hashem is constantly dealing with us on, with, with kindness. You know, that could take us that can bring us to good places, and the reason why we have to say these words over and over again is because, is because we believe we believe what we say, we think, and we believe after based on the things that we say. So therefore, I just want to like finish off that you know maybe to like meditate, sit and meditate on the words we're saying, and be greatly impacted by our tefillah.
0: I love what he said on Reits of Yeshua it's like he lets us back he wants us (laughs) (laughs) you meet a Bachar on an interview and you tell him he's accepted to yeshiva like if you want to come we'll let you come you want him to know, you accept it. And then I've rub in 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 in, in Accept it, I want you in your shiva. <laughs> it's a big difference. Except like we would say we'd say Hashem accepts was Like, okay, if you want to get back. Oh, yeah. He's dying for us and he wants us. Wow. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the power of words. A one of the interesting... I'm curious if I was Slicky, if, if I have... If, if you've experienced this in yeshiva. As he, I'm, uh, there's, a bacham will say to you, bacham have said to me, Rebbe, we need to speak, we need to speak. Okay, so you find him, you sit down, and you start talking, okay, we need to speak. About what? And this has happened a number of times. He didn't mean about a certain thing. I need to speak, I want to connect. <laughs> you think like, okay, so, no, so what's on your mind? No, we need to speak. That's so pure, and <laughs> what he's saying—I wasn't saying what I need to speak about. You had this right, with Snicker. You're waiting for. Also, what's on your mind? It wasn't what it was on my mind. We just need to speak. I want, I want to connect. That's so Arya described prayer the connection of us expressing and being understood. We need to speak, even when we have a topic to speak about. What we really want is to connect. Yeah. So, you ever experienced that, I was thinking You were waiting for. Speak.
1: Yeah. So uh, the mission
5: of Brewer says that there are three main brachos, and if one does not have kavana during those three brachos, he's not yose. In fact, you should really repeat to you know the Mishnah Brewer says you shouldn't repeat Shmuel necessary because the odds are you're probably not gonna have Kabbani the second time either. But uh, Me'kar Aden, Me'kar Aden, you should repeat Shmuel So what's the most, I guess, important bracha? We say it's. He says uh, the bracha of Avos. We say bracha and the Lo Kenokel Gabra, Avrahamitzel Gakov, all that stuff until Akela Kadosh. And that we're not we're not asking for anything personal over there. We're really just we're just praising a color sparkle. And Rav Schwab, he says the most important word in all of Davening is a name, Adonai, Right? He is my master. That's what that means. And it says, Brupa he's the king of the world. But before we say he's the king of the world, we say he is my master. And there's a Gemara that says that before Avram Avinu said um, name to Shem, my master, no one else has done that before. No one else called Hashem my master. Avram Avinu was the first one to, to, to do that. And the question I had was, what, what really makes Avram Avinu so, so special, so unique, and there's, I want to give a little muscle, um, for example, a king has many servants, or a, like a president has the, the secret service, all these people working for them. I guarantee you they don't know any of their names. You have all these slaves and these servants and these servants, whatever it is, the secret service guy, they don't know their names. But if someone, let's say a president has like a personal butler, who works with him all day, twenty-four-seven? He knows his name because he has he has a personal relationship with that person. He knows his name. Mm-hmm. He has a personal relationship with him. So really, what Avram is on on Hashem's name? He is my master. It's really he was he was mechadish the fact that Hashem has has a personal relationship with every single one of us, with every single person, and not only with every single person, but every single thing. And we know that it says in 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 um We talk um uh talks about the stars. And it says, you know, how many stars? There's billions trillions of stars and it says Hashem named every single star. And he didn't just name them like one million, two million like like the science world does. He gave them all names because a name for us is, is what makes us all unique. It, it, it represents the different uniqueness in all of us. Is our name, and it shows that everything in this world, Hashem made it. It's very unique. Everything has a purpose, and we should we should build that relationship to Hashem to, to be able to say He is He is my master. Ado Noi. It says that for a reason. He is our master, and our Schwab actually says this this one aspect of of showing that of really getting into yourself that he is my master is the most important part of dominating and it will really it really can affect your life very positively um, yeah just go
2: ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I was trying to like think like what is that guy trying to do like what is what is he thinking that that's a thing like how could somebody think that he could like come like what place could he be in that he that's okay that it works like it almost doesn't make sense it's a, to me it's a question like how is a person at that spot um so I was trying to understand like what, what is that like what is that guy doing um so I, I thought maybe maybe what the shot is so to me it resonates um that the posse, that's sort of like a, a shtickle, but I think, it, I think it could be the shot, that in Passion 7, there's that, that posse that everyone always talks about when you get there, every single person has to say, like the same word again, mm-hmm. same that same um, posse that the posse going on tshuva and taira, that it's not neflesa, it's not ruch, it's not ruch, it's not, ruch, it's not far away. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather that it's the fichlo vavlo asoisa, it's korva davar elach hamayim. It's very close. Um, And um, Rashi says over there. And why does it have to say that it's not far away? What what is that? Because it's saying that if it was far away, that you'd have to do it. That's like what the pasuk is saying. It's the Torah, the is telling us in the Indian, connecting to Hashem's Torah, to coming back to Hashem, to doing tshuva. That if you want to, if you want to have a relationship with Hashem, that it's telling you that it's not far away. You'd think. That it's far away. You think that it's in is across the sea, or in the heavens. Um, that's what you would think, and you have to have that desire that if it was that you would go there, but that it's not. It's actually very close to you. Um, it's b'fichol um. So to me, like, what what, is, what does that mean? That you have to have that desire to go there if it was there. Like, what what is that thing? Um, I think could be the pshat is that when a person finds himself sometimes like trying to reach to the heavens to like understand the Torah or trying to do tshuva and like going somewhere so far or the guy who's diving and like he has to like totally like almost like hit the, the heavens in order to try to, to try to dive and he's like trying to reach for a shaman. he doesn't know how. He feels so stuck in himself that he's almost just trying to like get out of himself and like go somewhere like very, very far. Um, and what the Torah is telling you is that that desire that you have to go there is, is a real thing, and you have to have that desire in order to actually find the shine. You're, you are at a first step you're not crazy for for having that crazy desire to just reach out for something bigger to reach out to, to something that that's goof that's where it comes from, but it's not going to be in that place it's not going to be in Shemaim, where you think you're going to find it so it's, it's with that desire but to actually the the it's going to be with that that it's going to be something that, that, um, that's very close to, Um... And I think that that's the Indian to connect to Hashem's Torah, in order to connect to Hashem's Torah, in order to connect back to Him, in order to go back to Him with Chuba. And I think in its feel also is that sometimes we feel like we're so stuck in our own worlds, and like we are, we come down to Davin, and just like we're like we know we have to connect to something else other than like what we see, like how we're experiencing normally. And so we just go into this zone of like crazy, like shut, like almost like shutting down, in order to connect to to Hashem. But I think that's really it's it is with that desire to do that but it's not it's not from that place it's not far away It's something that's that's very very close um, i think it's from a place of of it's a place where Hashem could, could live with you cause i'll say that that from gaiva which i think is more like being stuck in yourself not something that's like the only stick a translation of being like arrogant it's more like being stuck in yourself that Hashem doesn't have a place to live it's from that place that we talk badly about other people um, um, it's from that place that terror is not given. Terror is given to to Moisture Bank, to Adam, the person that was able to chew for all Kali Israel to to get the terror back. Um, it's given to, to a humble place, a place where we're able to come to ourselves in a real way, not to have to shut down and be stuck be so stuck, um, to be able to reach to, to somewhere else. Um, I think maybe that's that's a good Pesach, maybe like dhamma for for of that that we should know that when we have that desire, that chukka tadavan and that that's the real thing, and it is it's something that Torah talks about, it tells you to focus on, and you need to know about that. But then to to put that in a place for um, a, a humble place of of connecting, a place that place where you're able to connect to other people, that place where you're able to come back to a to learn His Torah, and. Um, yeah. <laughs>
2: One more you know you ready? <laughs> 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 ready? ready. ready. <fire? laughs>
0: Song all. i
2: Sunday.
0: much ideals of the yeshiva, so many of the ideals who absorb the yeshiva, were both very serious about prayer, and Aryeh expressed to us that a lot of prayer is the expression, is the expression of self, and being able to get in touch with our wants and our desires, our deepest worries, and a big part of music in the yeshiva is the expression of, of what's inside, the David Amelech who composed Tehillim, is all the different expressions of David Amelech and each of his inner expressions brought him close to Hashem. His sadness, he cried to Hashem. His desires, he prayed to Hashem. His gratitude, he thanked to Hashem. All the different desires and feelings and thoughts brought him close to Hashem, and each expressed itself in a different capital, Tehillim. I asked Shlomo Deitch, somebody who and the yeshiva with somebody through his music in a very beautiful way expresses his thoughts I, to me the only thing that's Jewish music what people call Jewish music I consider remarkably secular you know, a guy guys that played me song that's Jewish music a guy who can can be mechaven to Jewish music is honest expression When it's dishonest, it's not what you're feeling. That's not Jewish music. I don't care if you steal words from sukkim or anything. It's not Jewish. Please, I don't know what makes it Jewish. You stole a Pasek, you can steal a Pasek and do some Michael Jackson song. It's not Jewish, because you put a Pasek to it. It It's just not not Jewish. Jewish music is when it's an honest expression, when it's an honest expression from deep within, that's what Jewish music to me, that's my understanding of Jewish music, an honest expression. Shlomo's music is very, very Jewish. It's like a very honest expression. I think there's such a parallel to that place of honest expression and prayer, as Aryeh explained it to us, like such a close connection between that place of honest expression and getting in touch with what do I want and prayer, like we said, pilel to self judge. So I asked Shlomo on a gathering of honest prayer, I asked Shlomo to share with us. So, like, yeah, I don't have these songs really on Tefillah,
7: but I have one song, I think it's very, there's a story in the song that was very connected to Hashem. Which, um, so I wrote about it in the song. One of my, my The only relationship I usually have with music and uh, Tefillah is I usually dab it, Hashem, whatever you have the rabbi to call me. <laughs> now yeah, now like now I'm more used to it, so. um, the song the song is called You know and it's basically it's, it's a com- conversation with myself. I could be with you and yourself. Um, it's really just about validating yourself and I think uh, I think a lot of point like a lot of a lot of times in my life, moves I made weren't necessarily moves that people could see. Which means it wasn't like a move like showing up at the base more but on this type of clothing, I'm doing something that people can see a lot more like, I'm, I'm, in, my, I, I'm in my room, I'm just being comfortable with myself, you know, that's, that's a move that nobody can see. But I think it's very hard for me to, to, I guess, give myself a compliment for that move. Someone's like, oh, I didn't like, oh, I see you, I'm, I, I see you making that move. Um, and and, I, and I, obviously I know that obviously you want to validate yourself, it's so very hard. I Me mean, this is this is this is it's not tefillah, but what I think the main part of tefillah, that's the most intimate relationship with Dino Hashem. it's the most just a conversation between you and him. I think that's our goal also for when we grow. So obviously it's extremely healthy to get validation from you know, you're ready, you're prepared, so whatever, so you your parents whoever's never say you're doing well. That's like it's a hard life a little bit. Always by yourself, of course. But it's very important that I think you're mainly you should be from yourself. It's very hard. But I think that's the goal, is that when we, we grow should be uh just me and Hashem, like Hashem, like you see me I'm growing for you. That's why we're here. And so I I definitely have a hard time with that. This is but whatever. That's why I, that's why I for me that's how I write song. It's just I admire myself, I just write it. So the story is I wrote a song, this wrote a song. I wrote like half a song and I was my Rebbe. My Rebbe I I wrote a song, so he's like, okay. Come singing for the shears, these guys, so Thursday night like little oh, so I'm halfway through this. I'm like, I'm like, literally 30 seconds in, I just forgot all the words. That's happened to me before. It happened to me here. But that was like, I don't know, like, sometimes I forget songs. And I was just like so nervous. I was like, okay, let me do it again. So I'm getting, I'm halfway through the song, forget all the words. Oh my god, this is bad. <laughs> I'm like, okay, hey, let me just say the words. Let me just read the paper. I just couldn't even do that. I'm like, okay, okay just forget about it. just go on this year. And just go like, just continue. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, just, I'm like. Saying, yeah, I honestly I felt I felt, I felt, I felt worse for the people there. It's probably just so awkward. Forget about me. But anyways, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're trying to sing a song about validating yourself, and you're only embarrassed because you're not getting validated by other people. If you got if you forgot the words in your room, you wouldn't be embarrassed. Right? You're only embarrassed because there's people here. I just heard like a voice like And I'm like I'm really not like a spiritual person, like I don't like Somebody to work on. I have to like, really think to me. I have to really hit me. So, like, I go every day, oh, this is Hashem, this is Hashem. It's just not me. And it's great. It's just not me. So this is the moment that I heard a on. Uh, he's like, go validate yourself. And so afterwards, I sing the song again. I'll see if they got through it. I think. I don't know. I'm probably blacked out
2: during it.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. You don't have to know that. <laughs>
8: Oh, Always, sometimes it feels like I'm blind to the beauty which lies deep inside. But I know I'm doing better and I've done me for it, but I can't see it. What am I doing wrong? You should know it's okay to feel like you're the only one who sees you for being real, and it's alright if they don't recognize. Cause you know you're doing so well deep inside And if they don't see Well that's okay with me Maybe now I understand Myself covered in parts called I can't I tell myself I'm so good Like I've always been If they don't notice Don't mean that I'm broken You should know It's okay to feel you're the only one who sees you for being real And it's alright if they don't recognize Cause you know you're doing so well deep inside If they don't see Well that's okay with me and I Was sitting in front of a crowd Trying to sing the song But I kept messing up And I was begging for some help Till I saw my own words About believing in myself You should know It's okay to feel Like you're the only one Who sees you for being real And it's alright If they don't recognize Cause you know you're doing So i deep inside And if they don't see Oh, that it's okay with me You shall know it's okay to help. You're the only one who sees you feel real And it's alright if they don't recognize Cause you know you're doing so well deep inside And if they don't see, oh wow, well, that's okay
0: tremendous power of music the Friday night before Eli and Dani were nifter so there was a guy who was in yeshiva he's married, living in some of somebody, Yaakov Greenwald, a very very special yin, his name the friends who remember him you say his name, we like smile, Jake Greenwald yeah, he was a dorm counselor in the Masifta and great dancer, very good akiba, very, very good gymnast, very special, brilliant guy the bottom line is, is that Yaakov Rimel came to me for Shabbos, and he davens for the Ahmed in the shul, in Blue Ridge shul, and he sings a song that completely captures me. He came. He, ate, he was staying by me, and the whole shul got into it. In my house, we sang it the Friday night, so the As Is My Way, I just, that Shabbos, we lived with that song. Might say Shabbos, I went to visit my father... I've never taught my dad. My father is musical. He plays the accordion. I, his son Dan Kellish is not musical, and I've never taught my father a song in my life. I said I have to teach you a song, and I taught my father this song. And, and it, like this funny thing, the song Hashem sent the song to Blue Ridge to the to us. Friday night, Shabbos, the whole Shabbos. Might say Shabbos. I'm by my father. I'm teaching him a song. I've never done in my life before or after teach my. I've never taught him a song. I taught, I sang this song, and Lema'i said we had the tzara on Sunday night, and this song became like a rallying cry in the yeshiva. The words Kiata Bala We cancel the rest of the words of the song, but Kiata Bala Yeshua Uvalla You are the Hashem who's the Bala Yeshua, salvation comes from you, and comfort comes from you, and you only. And the yeshiva both needed Nechamas, we were tremendously in pain, and we needed comfort, and we needed Yeshuas. there were guys who were tremendously sick. And over the next many months, in three different hospitals, there were guys sick in the hospitals, and we were in tremendous pain in yeshiva, that song. Anybody who was there. We. Ca- I can't personally. That song. Anybody. People have sung at Lachadodi. I leave the room physically or emotionally. I'm not there. The song brings me to places I don't always want to go. It was a comfort and was a healing and an encouragement. It also brings back to that place. In yeshiva, we only sing a song twice a year. Tishabav, and on Dani and Ellie's yard site, only the song is sung because for anybody who was there, the song is is a time machine and transport us back to place. We're not always ready to go back to it. But it was a pretty amazing thing that the words, Ki a song was taught before the Makkah, and that song we sang the amount of hours in hospitals, late at night in the dorms. There were three in the morning, nobody could sleep. There was many months where it was difficult to sleep, and that song was heard everywhere, all around the yeshiva, Kiato b'al b'al Machamis. I do want to sing it. but I want to end with the song of this year, the Hashem, the 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 prayer to Hashem. (coughs) We say from Tachanut. I want to end with that. So we'll do both those songs. Let's first, Revesi, do the (laughs) Kiato b'al Yisroes
2: they
9: It's it's like it's confusing because like he's saying, Pesach is saying like why did you forget us Why did you forget us forever? Why did you abandon us for all of time? And is it like he's like does he not like believe in like the animam? Does he not? Um, Like believe that Hashem is going to keep his promised Avram. It's like, what's he asking? So I think like makes sense that like he's. It's saying that that's how it felt, right? But it doesn't say like, I feel like you've abandoned us. It says like, why have you? So I don't I don't really like know how to answer that. Like I'm not coming to give an answer, but I think just what that tells me personally is to come to Hashem with all of our like. Happiness, obviously, but also all of our like pain and our hurting and our confusion and our doubts. And like, even when we feel like we've been rejected by Him or forgotten or abandoned by Him, to still come to Him and express that. And um, that's just what I get from that and that song.
0: I wanna, I wanna conclude the morning. At this point, in the afternoon. I wanna thank the guys for being patient and and being here. I wanna practically be mechazik. We sat together. We heard beautiful divrei Torah and thoughts and ideas on prayer. Tremendous one after another. Tremendous ideas on prayer. I wanna be mechazik. Our own respect for the prayers. We sat here this morning talking, discussing, hearing about prayer our own respect for the prayers, that there's a covet for the prayers, that it's taken seriously, that there's a respect and a form and certainly a decorum during the prayers. I want to make such a chizik. I ask that the chazan for this year, we're going to be marked with the chazan as a covet for the tzibur, as a covet for the prayer and the prayer of the tzibur. The is going to wear a talus and wear the talus over his head as a respect for the prayers. And I ask that in general we give a seriousness to the prayers to the davening, and that should be an even for these two precious neshamas who clearly, who had a care for prayer and for relationship and connection, were very, very shy to that sogi, very involved in that sogi of connection, their relationship to Hashem, was something that was sincere and building. and. They had been creating something very, very special in that way, and it remains. The lesson remains, and the power of what they taught us remains. Every person, we can hazard over the years, the amount that we've learned from their lives and from the circumstances of their departure, we've learned tremendous amounts. Right now I'm thinking about the dignity that was both of them, the respect for prayer, the respect for Ruchnius, for the basic Knessess, <coughs> was something, I have a visual of Eli walking into the davening. He had a certain walk, I can have a visual, I remember where he sat, in the back, and I remember him walking in, and how he looked when he walked into davening. I'm not the earliest fellow, but the times I was there early, I saw it many a time. And the respect for prayers is something that, that I wanted to live in yeshiva today, mm-hmm. respect for prayer. It's confusing because they're minyanim. It's a little confusing. Your makes an early minion. When a minion goes on, even if you're not part, show respect. That your has an early minion, so then people have to show the respect that people davening in here. We have to have respect. You know, it's it's funny. All of us, by our prayers, prayer is very real, and a shul is real. Is it easy for us always to be real? Shabbos is real. I'm not always real. Shabbos is real. Shabbos is a Hashem is here, and a person can access. I'm not always real, so I can't say every minute I'm plugged in. Prayer is very, very real. I'm not. I'm, I try once in a while to be real, to plug in, to try, to make an attempt, and just that attempt is precious. But prayer is very real. It's a matziv. Hashem a atfila. People are talking to Hashem to show that respect really, it's just real, something real is going on, these are not just, the law is because of a reality, the law of not talking during prayers, the law of not disrupting, is not just, you're not just being polite, there's a reality that they're talking to Hashem, it's like just the reality of what's happening, it's hard for us to always live the reality, following the law is a big step to getting in touch with reality, all of us want to be real. Prayer is just real and a place of prayer is very real as an elui as a, to the neshama, to the precious neshama of Eli, Eli Shomran, Eli Yo, Ben Mordechai HaLevi. Eli to his neshama's father, ben Mordechai, who is a wonderful person, Matriyamati Shomran, who gave us Eli and was tremendously proud of Eli's accomplishments here. He's somebody whose father, who was a blunt guy, testified on him that the day he made a see him in yeshiva, his father and his grandfather says it always, that was the happiest day of my son's life. The happiest day of his life. And he was a happy day. The happiest day of his life was the day he made a see him. Danny, who was tremendously, tremendously gentle <coughs> and kind, he was a cool, cool guy. And the Messiah of yeshiva, a guy could be cool, that I share you, you, who is very, very good looking and very athletic. Why do you say that in the day of his... Yardside is that eternally important? And the answer is yes, because that gave him standing and everybody was invited in. He was a spitz of you. Everybody was invited. Everybody was cool because of his cool. What has a reputation? There are two yeshivas that have said to me, similar type places to ours, they said, you take all the cool guys. They were like, Tainan. You steal the cool guys. That's what you do. You steal the cool guys. A thousand percent guilty as charged. A thousand percent. We've never had once not a cool guy here. A thousand percent. It's the coolest place on earth. But it's cool because of what Danny did and guys like Danny. Because... Because each person's respected and appreciated. You know how many guys? My favorite. The guys have like lost weight before they come. Like it's intimidating to be around the cool guys, and it sure is. It sure is, because a person is is immense. he lived with that. His coolness became the coolness of the yeshiva. Every guy was cool in his eyes. Every guy he belonged in. His coolness was used to give somebody else coolness. That was his coolness became the coolness of a yeshiva. When the cool guy is snobby and elitist and pushes out others, so then you have categories: the cool guys, the haves, and the have-nots. That didn't exist in Donny's world. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. He was outstanding. We gave him an award. I was just looking at the award. It's in the office in the office and anyone wants to see it. We would give yearly a Dani and Ellie Award. It was the most important award in the yeshiva. And at graduation with the father it came different years. We had Dani's father come, Ellie's father actually present the award. The Dani award was like the guy who was just a good friend. Now most yeshivas you saying a guy's a good friend, it means he's like there's nothing else you want good to say about him. Yeah, Here there was tons. He was one of the best guys in Yeshiva. But the loyalty, the good friend. Every, his house was very open to the guys. Just as older guys, base medrash guys, there was a big one to like be friends with him and get in. With, and you can get in. It was just easy to get in with Danny. He was that type of guy. You were welcome in. You were welcome in. No problem. Into his house, into his life, into his circle of friends. It was very easy to get in. Respected people tremendously. You 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 were you were part of the club. You were in. There's a reason everybody in Yeshiva is cool. It's a lot because Donnie and Ellie both of them had it. Ellie was a superior ball player. He was a guy on the team, but everybody. I don't know how he did it I, 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 My behavior has taken years To get a little better on the court To respect teammates and be nice It's actually nice to teammates And nice to people And no problem Just very, very pulling in Of the next person Inclusive of the next person and That's become a hallmark of the yeshiva That a person's cool It's a yeshiva yeshiva We only have cool guys, only mm-hmm. uh, One of the g'daylum in America Told me one of the greats in America, pulled me aside at the Chesna, and he said the best-looking people I've ever seen go to Waterbury. So he told me, Gadol. Gadol the Yisrael told me that the guys in Yeshiva, he said they're good-looking. He said 100%, 100%. There's a chain and good looks of somebody who's respected. People have good looks. Donnie King is still good-looking, and Ellie's still good-looking. Good looks could be a Kenyan nefesh." There's something deep about but the Torah reports, the mice were beautiful. It's not a fleeting thing. Physicality is fleeting. Acceptance. Shlaima sang a song about self-acceptance and I'm good. That shines. That shines for eternity. They both brought that quality, to yeshiva. People are good. But real, not a superficial way. I remember when I discovered when I discovered Adich, he sang to the guys. The guy is all, he, he's, he says he's not spiritual. I don't know who. If he's not. I don't. <laughs> we have to talk about that Shloime. if there were spiritual people. I, we have to talk what the word spiritual means. He's panemius. panemius in touch with the panemius. I, we, I, I'm curious about your reaction actually when he said he's not so spiritual. I'm not sure. <laughs> we have to talk about what spirituality is. I don't if a touch with Pneumius means spiritual, you're one of the most spiritual guys we ever have here. I remember Shlomo was here for a while and I didn't really know him, I'll be honest. He was a guy in Yeshiva. I didn't know him. I like literally discovered, I, I always say, oh, but I found him like wandering in the forest, like in the front of the thing. He was like David Amelich in the forest, contemplating. He talks about a song about Pneumius. I found him in the woods. He was in the woods. He was in the woods. <laughs> That's like the... He, he represents like the beauty of the yeshiva, a of people, of a person who's uh, plugged in and attached to real things. Attached to real things. This was the legacy of Eli and Dani. We're both, like, plugged into the right things. In their life, they were like, you, you pass by, meet Waterbury. That's what everything good about the yeshiva, plugged in and in their death. In their death, they remain like a picture of what's beautiful about the yeshiva. So I say, the specific topic of the year is to respect the base Knessus. and let's let's be mechazik. Let's make it better. We could be better at it. We're, we're we're energetic guys. Sometimes a young guy comes in and plays connect four. I don't mind. We have to. That's what he needs to play connect four in the base medrash. That's his prayer. I can't explain it. That's his form of prayer. But I get worried when you talk because he's playing checkers. He's playing checkers near the near the near the daven. It's important. That's his prayer. That's where he's holding for now. He's in a base Medrash even playing checkers. But when you talk because he's playing checkers, then we have a then I'm gonna have to not let him play checkers. That would be bad for the Jewish nation. You're rejecting his form of prayer. For him, that he's playing checkers in the base Mesh, trust me, I promise he, he he could do a lot of other fun stuff. He's playing checkers because he wants to get closer to davening, and right now he can't pray it. So, so we let him play checkers. I don't let you talk. i asking each person to respect to the base knesses to be mechazek, to be machazic, to strengthen it. Prayer has to be respected and appreciated when there's a davening going on, to really try make every effort to be quiet by the davening, to make every effort to show respect, to appreciate prayer is very, very important. Communal prayer, a group of people checking in to Hashem, expressing their thoughts is tremendously valuable. We're going to make a chizuk in that inu in these two precious the shamas. The rest of the day, Musa will be two forty. Lunch is now. Musa two forty-five. We will say Beis Hashem after Musa. We'll say some kapit Lachtilim together. It's closer to the yards so I will say Kapitel Lachtilim with them. Thank you so much for <laughs>